Hey, good morning, everyone. We're so glad that you could join us uh, for worship, and uh, thank you so much for taking the time out to do so. Uh, I want to pray for us and us to get right into this message, if we can do that. Let's let's pray together. God, I pray that you would speak um, to our hearts. I pray that you would encourage us, and God, I, I pray that we would be reminded of how great you are. Uh, Lord, thank you for this time we have together and for your word, and I pray that you would just speak through it uh, to us. Uh, we ask this uh, in your son's name. Amen. Uh, it's so good to see you guys this morning. Uh, I want to uh, share with you a passage that uh, God laid on my heart. I've been kind of bouncing around through the Old Testament here recently and just kind of uh, studying a few things here and there and uh, some things that I've studied uh, a lot in the past, some things I haven't. And uh, this is one of those passages I have studied quite a bit in the past. Uh, and just just really felt like God was just speaking to my heart, saying, "This is it. This is this is where we're going this week." So um, that's where we are. In fact, if you want, if you got a Bible and you want to follow along, we're going to Daniel chapter three. Uh, Daniel chapter three, and this is a this is a passage that. Uh, if you've been around the church, you grew up around the church, you probably heard about this passage. You probably heard it taught at some point in time, maybe even felt boards of it. You never know. Uh, this is uh, kind of a famous passage when it comes to uh, uh, children's stories and those kinds of things a lot of times that are that are shared in church and that kind of thing. And I think for us to be reminded, it's not just a story. This is scripture, and this happened, uh, and that's a huge thing. This is a part of history. And, uh, and in this passage, we have historically something that happened, uh, which was a king, a king by the name of uh, King Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, and I'll probably call him King Nebi uh, to kind of to simplify a little bit here as we go through. Um, <clears throat> but King Nebuchadnezzar had gotten to a point uh, in his leadership where he was, he was really kind of testing people around him and that kind of thing, and uh, specifically all these people that claimed to be prophets and magicians and, I mean, just all kinds of crazy stuff. And uh, along the way, he ends up uh, encountering Daniel. Um, and Daniel uh, ends up really kind of taking a special place uh, in the king's life uh, and in leadership even there. And so uh, what happens is uh, along the way, King Nebuchadnezzar wanted someone to decipher dreams, a dream that he had had. Uh, specifically, but he wouldn't even tell people what the dream was. And so uh, Daniel, uh, by God's leading, was able to uh, actually tell him what his dream was and what it meant. Uh, this kind of put King Nebuchadnezzar on cloud nine as far as like he was really kind of puffed up after this and feeling like he really knew, you know, what was going to happen next and that kind of thing. And the truth is, if, if you really studied that dream uh, in uh, the first couple chapters of Daniel, uh, you would see that uh, it wasn't really good things coming. I don't think he really wanted to uh, see all of that for what it was. But anyway, in the in the moment, uh, he responded with building a big golden idol and then wanting everybody, well, gold and made of other things too, but wanting, uh, wanting uh, everybody to uh, worship this thing that he built. Um, Daniel wouldn't have been about that, but neither would have been three of his friends that, that Daniel actually brought along when King Nebuchadnezzar gave him some power. He said, I also have these three friends. I would like for you to uh, consider making them a part of 
leadership here as well. Uh, and so he did. The king did this. And the three of those guys are, called, are named uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And uh, so these guys uh, end up in some leadership as well. And long story short, um, while they're in this leadership, they come under, of course, the king, uh, and this whole, you know, I've built this idol, and then there's these things that happen, music plays, and all these instruments clang, and whatever, and whenever everybody hears that, they're supposed to drop to their knees and worship this idol. Well, all of, all three of these guys and Daniel were all followers of the one true God, our Lord, you know, and so uh, when this happened, you know, they weren't going to do that. Well, Daniel wasn't around in this moment. We don't know where Daniel was when this all kind of started to take place, but basically there were some tattletales who told on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that they weren't doing this. And, uh, and so they went to the king and they told him, hey, these guys aren't following your rule, and you promised, O king, wise, great king, they kind of suck up to him, uh, that uh, anybody that didn't do this, you would throw them in a fiery furnace. Uh, and so we have this situation that arises, this hard situation. Part of, I think, why the Lord spoke to me this week through this passage of Scripture is I just personally know many, many families right now going through really hard situations. I mean, and, and in general, uh, you know, our church is in the middle of a situation that's not the easiest situation. We're not getting to meet in our building. It's middle of the pandemic. That's obviously, you know, affecting different people different ways and that kind of stuff. Uh, but in general, it's, a, it's just a, it's an interesting time. And in the midst of that, this uh, God just spoke to me, and He just reminded me of some things that I felt like would be good for us today to be reminded of. And so uh, I'm going to read for you some of Daniel chapter 3, and I want you to follow along with me if you've got your, got your Bible there or whatever. It says this in verse 13. It says, Then Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So he just found out that they weren't worshiping his idol. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true? Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music to fall down and worship the image that I have made well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? So uh, King Nebuchadnezzar has the three of them brought before him. He asks them, is it true that you're not worshiping the idol that I have made? Uh, would you dare do that if you weren't doing that and you're not willing to do that? He even asks what God would deliver you. How crazy is that, right? Uh, and so then it continues in verse 16. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God, whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. Like what they say there, uh, and, 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 and the way they say it, it could be taken the wrong way, but they're not, they're not being 
you know, they're not trying to make something more of it it is, and they're not trying to be disrespectful or whatever. I mean, they're even still calling him O King, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but they say, if this be so, in other words, if you are if you are going to throw us into the fiery furnace, if this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and He will deliver us out of your hand, O King. So they answer his question. First, sounds like they're not going to answer his question. They are answering his question. And in verse 18, they go on and say, But if not, be it known to you, O king, again, still referring to him as king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. So uh, they're very clear. They're trying to not be disrespectful, but they're telling the truth. And it goes on in verse uh uh, well, it goes on continuing in verse 18 here, uh, verse 19. It says, Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury, and the expression of his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it was usually heated. And he ordered some of the mighty men of his army to, to bind, bind, literally tie them up, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, and their other garments, and they were thrown into the burning, fiery furnace. Because, verse 22, because the king's order was urgent and the furnace overheated, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the burning, fiery furnace furnace. So they were tied up. The furnace was heated seven times more than usual, and they fell into it bound. They fell bound, it says, verse 23, into the burning, fiery furnace. Verse 24, it says, then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in, rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the fire? And they answered to the king, True, O king. He answered and said, But I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Then Nebuchadnezzar came to the door of the burning fiery furnace, and he declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire, and the satraps and the perfects, prefects, I'm sorry, the prefects and governors and the king's counselors, basically all of the most important people that the king had around him, gathered together and saw that the fire had not had, uh, had, not had any power over the bodies of those men. The hair of their heads was not singed. Their cloaks were not armed. And no smell of fire had come upon them. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants, who trusted him and set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies, rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree... Any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb, and their houses laid in ruins, and there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. 
Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. So they end up coming. Not only does the Lord save them from the fire, they end up getting promotions before this is all over with. There's some interesting things here to look at, and there's a couple things that I want us just to not miss and make sure that, uh, make sure that we see. Um, the four men... Uh, the well, what is seen as four men walking around inside the fiery furnace, unbound after they had been put in there or fell in there bound. Uh, it's it's becomes uh, clear to the king. He is looking at four men walking around, and it says there toward the end, and the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Is this Jesus? I think it probably is. Do we know that for sure? No, we don't know that for sure. Could have been an angel. It could have been an angel that God sent to protect them, and 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 that very well may be what it was. Uh, I just love that the wording is that the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods, and this is long before Jesus comes uh, to walk the earth and and uh, share in His ministry with us. Uh, furthermore, I love uh, when you go to verse twenty-seven, and it talks through that all of these people that are so important to the king, his governors and counselors, and all these people. They come together and they collectively together see, as it says, that the fire had not had any power over the bodies of those men. I think that in this time and in this day and age, it is so important for us to be reminded of the truth of God's word and the truth of his word tells us, teaches us, and reminds us that God is powerful over all. He is powerful over all. The fire had not had any power over the bodies of those men because God had power over the fire. It seems so crazy for us. It seems so crazy for us. But when you think about it, and you think about it, let's just say that possibly it was Jesus in the fire with them. If it was, we're talking about the guy who created fire was in there with them. So suddenly he has not just power, but he has power over all things, including his creation, and power over even fire, which was a part of his creation. Either way, God has power over fire. God has power over all of creation. And so we see in this moment that the fire had not had any power over the bodies of those men. Let me, let me ask you something. Let me just, just encourage you with something. If you're, if you're in a moment, if you're going through something right now, if you're unsure of the future and what it holds because of how crazy the world is right now, or whatever it may be, can't we take solace and peace in knowing that we serve the all-powerful God. This is still the same God that we serve. This is still the same God who sent His Son to die for us, that He would take the penalty of our sin, death, on for Himself on the cross, shedding His blood, giving up His life, and then later defeating death that we might have life. That's our God. That's this God. Same one, same one who still has power over all things. And, and the truth is, is that, man, we need to be reminded of that, that God is always faithful to us. He's always faithful, and he is our protector. 
Another thing that I think is worth mentioning about Nebuchadnezzar here is that we see Nebuchadnezzar refer to their God. He says in verse 28, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And then later on in verse 28, he says, and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any God except their own God. So he keeps referring to God as the God of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Uh, Even furthermore, he does it again uh, in uh, verse 29. He says, uh, any people, nation, uh, language speaks of anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So, So we're seeing Nebuchadnezzar see the power of God, and yet he's still not himself trusting in him as his God. This will change later in the book of Daniel. In fact, I encourage you, if you've never read through the book of Daniel, take some time this week, read the book of Daniel. Do yourself a favor. Uh, You will love it. He's not his God yet. God is with us. And we see this all through Scripture, his faithfulness. We see it all through Scripture, and we see all through Scripture how he is faithful to protect his people who are doing what they can to follow him. You know, it's, it's this funny thing that when uh, believers are following the Lord and, and listening to the Lord, and even many times when we're not, let's just face it, that God protects us and he is faithful to us. You say, well, Chris, right now I'm going through a really hard time. It doesn't feel like he's faithful to me. I'm here to tell you today that if you know Jesus as your Savior, he is faithful to you. He will be faithful to you. He is not leaving you. He is not leaving me. He's not leaving any of the families that I know that are going through huge things right now. Right this second, as I'm taping this message, I know a family that is waiting to find out whether one of their children has a major, major uh, life-altering disease. And they're waiting at a hospital, waiting to get the word by the end of today. You know? It is easy for us to feel like that we have been abandoned, but we have not. God is with us, and he is with us especially during the fires of life. And we see that over and over in his word, and I have experienced that over and over in my life, that God has continually protected me in moments and led me in moments when I didn't have a clue what to do. And literally moment by moment, I am stepping sometimes in faith, just, God, I know you want me to go this direction, but I don't even know what I'm going to say or do in the next step, not even in the next day, not even in the next year, but literally in the next step, I don't know where it's going to go. I need you to lead me. And he does. He brings us through. Isaiah 43, 1 says this, it says, but now thus says the the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. 
I'm reminded over and over, and there's so many passages, and we don't have the time, but there's so many passages where we see God just faithfully bring His people that are doing His will and doing His work through the fire. I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. The flame shall not consume you and say, Chris, he's talking to Isaiah there. Absolutely, he's talking to Isaiah there. But what we see through Scripture as a whole, if we had the time to just bring it all out, is we would see example after example after example where God brings his people through. He leads them across the Jordan rivers of life. There are these moments that they are hard, but God is faithful and he is faithful to us to stay with us and to bring us through them. Romans 8:27 says this, it says and he who searches hearts knows what is what is the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. The spirit the Holy Spirit intercedes for us even in times when we don't even know what to pray. We see that in scripture uh, that he'll intercede for us and spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And, verse 28, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. So if, if, if we are, this, this scripture is helping us to see that we as believers, we as God's people, as we are trying to do what God is calling us to do, He, he is protecting us. If we are about His purpose, He is protecting us. I'll read that again, verse 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose. God is going to see His will be done. The question is, are we a part of His will right now? Well, of course we are. To some degree, Yes. Are we seeking His will? Are we seeking His kingdom? Because, man, that's the best place that we could possibly be in this life. And, of course, you know, with moments like this, hard moments in life, we ask the question, why? Why do we go through these things? That's, that's the thing we always come back to. And, and the truth is, 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 I've got a couple of answers, but I don't, I don't, I'm not going to claim to always know the answer. I believe that God has a plan. But one of those answers, is it possibly to shape us? Maybe. Yeah, sometimes I think that's it. Maybe it's to draw us back to Him. Maybe it's to bring us back to Him because, uh, you know, if you're, if you're like me uh, in life, sometimes things just get to going and, and you get a little bit big for your britches and the next thing you know is, is you're just kind of doing life without God. And sometimes He needs to bring us back to Him. Sometimes, sometimes it's both. Sometimes He's wanting to mold and shape us through the fire. Sometimes it's to bring us to our knees that we will remember who He is and we will quit trying to do this alone. I need to be reminded of my need for God daily. I need to seek Him daily. That's why I need people around me to help push me. I've been pushing that agenda. I've been pushing that, right, for, for weeks now. You know, seek the Lord together with others. I'm not going to stop. We need to seek the Lord together with others. We need people in our lives that are pushing us toward Him. And when I don't seek Him, I replace my need for Him and my worship for Him with something or someone else in my life. 
That's what we do. We're always worshiping. We're always needing. We're always looking. And the truth is, is that we end up looking for other things in this life to take the edge off, to, to bring the stress down. What if we just got on our knees and just sought the Lord? Whatever the reason may be of why God allows us to go through things, we are reminded that He is there. He is faithful. May we be a people who lean in on Him in these moments and trust Him, remembering that He's even faithful through the fire. He's not surprised at what we're going through. He's not surprised by a pandemic. And if anything, He's allowing those things to maybe shape us, to maybe mold us, but maybe just plain old just needing and seeing that we need to be brought back to Him. God has brought a whole world to its knees. Maybe not, maybe not the whole world willing to worship Him, of course, I get that, but one day they will. One day we will, whether we want to or not, but I want to. I want to worship God. I want my life to be about Him and about His kingdom. And I want to be reminded of His faithfulness to me. He has brought me through many fires and He is still faithful to bring me through the fire. If you've never trusted in Him as your Savior, I'm praying today that you listen to Him speaking to your heart, and I want you to know He loves you and He sent Jesus to die for you, that you could have a relationship with Him, be forgiven, and find a new life and purpose in who Christ died to create you to be. Let's pray together. God, thank you for your word, and uh, God, I do pray for anyone that hasn't trusted in you to be their Savior. God, I just pray that you would work in their life. God, we are reminded through your word today of just how faithful you are and how powerful you are. God, may we not forget that you are the God that commands the fire. God, we feel it burning us at times, but Lord, the truth is, is that you've got it under control. God, you've got control of the throttle, and God, we are so thankful for that today. God, I thank you that we can rest in that and have peace in that. God, I pray that whatever's going on in our lives and in the lives of so many right now and in our nation and in our church and all these things, God, I pray that you would work through all of these things, Lord, for your kingdom to do a great thing, to make you known that you would be glorified, that others would find who you are, and that they too would receive Jesus their Savior. God, that their lives would be changed. God, thank you for the reminder today that we can trust in you over the fire. Lord, you have control. You are faithful. Thank you for your faithfulness, even through these hard moments, even through the fire. We love you. We thank you for Jesus, and it's in his name we pray. Amen.